something quite um, beautiful about the practice that Bart and I will be sharing with you, which is a relational meditation practice integrated with our traditional silent practice. Because we're actually joining together, even if it's temporary, in a sense of spiritual community. And what does that mean? What does that mean, not in the general sense, but I mean very specifically when we're going to meditate together and touch something of the heart of teachings that penetrate, you know, that penetrate the mind, penetrate the heart. You can talk about something like the Four Noble Truths, you know, you can talk about suffering. But what if you really touch without anything, without any distance between your mind, your perceptions, and the fact of suffering, and you do that with another? What does that mean? With nothing in between, nothing to water it down, nothing, nowhere to hide. What does it mean to touch the second noble truth? You know, hunger, craving, wanting, lack. Without any uh, any dilution of what the Buddha was offering in that teaching. And to do that with another, for us to do that together as a community. where what I'm unable to see, maybe you're able to see. And if I want to squeak away from the truth of hunger, maybe you won't let me. And what's it like to touch the third noble truth, the truth of cessation, that actually, actually, it's possible to live a life that's free from that pressure of wanting. To enter into a community where we actually say, can we touch this truth together? And what is a path to that? What is our path to that? This weekend, to be very specific, what is our path to cessation? See what I mean? It's not, there's no distance. There's no abstraction. There's no theory. There's just this human experience. And how do we touch this human experience? In this little small group, here in this room in meditation practice where we meet together so it's quite quite beautiful actually quite tender it's 
kind of a privilege for me in the sense that, you know, I teach a lot of larger retreats and longer retreats and residential retreats. But something here is very... um, I don't know. It's almost uh, fragile. It's very beautiful. Do you know what I mean? In Dutch, I'm from Holland. Um, We have this word called gezellig. And it's hard to translate it into English. Um, but the best translation is cozy. And we can use cozy for many things. You know, after you've visited someone, you say, oh, it's cozy. <laughs> or when you're in a small group of people, it feels cozy. Um, it's a very important word. And that's the word that's coming up for me right now. Yeah, that's good. There's a sense of cozy. Yeah. 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 And does that create um, the conditions, if I can use a very Buddhistic word, I hope you don't mind, for relinquishment? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or or freedom. Non-industrial Buddhism. Post-industrial. So, um, you know, maybe we'll say something uh, about what it, how we might be on retreat together, how this Mm non-residential situation can be met so that we know that we're on the same page. because I want to face the fact as frankly as possible that first, some of you are only here tonight. I don't know how many, but that's okay. All of us are going to be taking time at lunch, which might involve talking, even if we commit to silence. I've done non-residential retreats before, and they always end up, people go to restaurants and talk calling it the way I see it. Um, And also then tomorrow night, Saturday night, people are going home. Well, they might go to parties. You know, I don't know what you're going to do. But let's name that. Mm -hmm. Okay? And meanwhile, even if you do stay in tomorrow night, you might be going back to domestic partners. Right? Spouses, children, roommates, partners, whatever. And they may not be meditating, and it might be you get involved in speaking to them. And yet here we're calling this a retreat. What kind of thing is that? You know, what are we doing here? Um, So what's going to carry the mind across these spaces. Um, And Bart and I were talking about intention in relationship to to our practice together here. Intention. 
And if our intention is sufficiently clear, then maybe that will carry across those spaces. So let's talk about that, I think, and maybe invite some reflection. You know, um, each of you might be coming with a different reason, different motivation. But uh, all of us are coming from the same general social, cultural circumstances of living in or near New York City or you wouldn't be here and um, being subject to all of the forces of media and all of the modern Western, if not specifically North American, if not specifically American, um, inclinations of our culture, right? We're all, we all share that. Even if you consider yourself part of a subculture and you don't really have anything to do with that, let's get real, we do. This is where, we, this is where we're situated, okay? So, would you consider it fair to say that that culture is oriented towards doing and acquisition and that there's a certain pressure in it? Would anybody disagree with that? Okay. So, what we're doing here is absolutely, radically countercultural to that. What we're doing here is we're going to be together in meeting things as they are, seeing the human experience in a very direct, straightforward, honest way, looking at the suffering that comes out of grasping, touching the beauty that's possible with letting go, with release. And exactly that release is the opposite direction of almost everything that we just named in this culture. The social forces, even the very friendly ones, have this energy, this press behind them. The forces of commerce have this press to do, to accomplish, to become, to be, to make, to get. And it's that constant grasping that one way of dealing with it is, oh, let's find a way to medicate that so that I can deal with it a little bit better. Let's have a weekend off so when I go back on Monday, I feel a little better. That's not why we're here. This is not a spa. Okay? This is a real chance to put a crack in that edifice. And going the opposite way is not 
some random act of rebellion. The Buddha thought very deeply about this. He looked at this in his own heart and in his society around him. The teachers of this retreat have done likewise in light of that teaching. This is something that's true now, that it's possible to find peace even in the heart of this culture if our hearts are oriented towards release rather than the flow of grasping and getting. So in terms of retreat, this retreat, this few days we have together, what that means is if we can perhaps even tonight before we leave even once from this space. If we can touch something of the inherent natural simplicity, the peace, the kindness, the care that comes with resting without grasping, can just begin to smell the fragrance of it. Then this sets the mind. This is the intention. This is the direction of the heart. And this, if it touches you, might touch you intellectually, might touch your heart. Might, you might just feel it in your body and not even know what it is. But if something touches you, then this is what you'll commit to when you go home tonight, when you take lunch off, when you go Saturday night, you say, what am I going to do now? Am I going to sustain the uh, values of this practice? And touching that, maybe you'll guard, guard the mind guard the senses, guard the social life in a way with care so you come back. And in this retreat, one of the things that's really quite particularly beautiful, powerful, is because we'll be doing a lot of meditation together in Insight Dialogue, when you do guard your practice like that, it's a gift to yourself it's also a gift to everyone that you sit with. Because they get your stability. They benefit from your stability. They benefit from your diligence. You benefit from theirs. So that's a real sense of uh, shared commitment. So hopefully that's quality of... Uh, quality of practice will um, maybe inspire you. Do you want to say something that you were saying, like if you were talking earlier about that sense of care? I don't want to um, talk too much right yeah. now, because yeah, we've been already bombarded today 
probably with a lot of sounds and sights and smells and tastes. So my suggestion would be to practice. Yeah. Groups of two? Is that? Groups of two? Yeah. Okay. Good. So what we'd like to do is go right into practice. Yeah. And so let's describe something about what we're going to do so that you can feel some comfort and peace about it. Um, we're going to invite you to find a meditation partner and sit with them either on a cushion or a chair, however you negotiate that, facing them. Ideally, have some space between you and um, your medita- and and the next couple over, just for acoustic, you know, privacy. And um, we'll be offering the Insight Dialogue meditation instructions. So at the moment, all you'll need to do is, if you want to share your name, that's fine. Let that be it. Don't go into the whole family history yet, you know. <laughs> and um, um, just to give you a sense of things. Um, to give you a sense of things. Uh, Throughout the evening, we'll be uh, inviting you into insight dialogue practice, interrupting with the bell, which brings us into silence. Instructions will be continued, will be given, you know, to further develop the practice. Ring the bell, practice goes again. You know, so you'll be supported real clearly without having to remember stuff, figure stuff out. It's, you know, you can just relax into, into the, uh, the teaching. And a few kind of simple ground rules. Um, everything's confidential. So you're never going to be asked to speak anything you don't want to speak, to say anything you don't want to say. Um, it's not a psychotherapy session. It's meditation practice. Uh, so if something doesn't feel like you want to say it, just don't say it. And yet, anything that is spoken to you in a pair stays right there. Doesn't, isn't shared with the larger group. Isn't shared at home. Okay? Is there anybody that can't commit to that, cannot commit to that. Okay, thanks a lot. And, and to add, um, you might go home tonight and people might ask you, what have you been doing? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, thank you. You might go home tonight and people might ask you, what have you been doing? What was it like? Of course you can speak about your own experiences right. that you've had. You can even speak to perhaps what you've shared with your meditation partner, but not what you've heard. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a very important difference.
Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And um, likewise, anything that's shared in the larger group when we all speak together or practice together is confidential to this whole group. Same, same basic ground rules. Okay. Um, and this, that's really about it. I mean, as much as possible, we recommend for the duration of this retreat. If you can abstain from intoxicants and, you know, maybe just for the weekend, hold off on the killing for a couple of days. <laughs> uh, you know, theft. You know, you'll pick up your thieving career in a couple of days. Yeah, Monday, right? You get the idea, though. You know, let's let's just try to... um, Mm. uh, It has that sense of... What's that? Absolutely. I would appreciate all the lying. Get it out now so that you tell the truth on Monday. Um, So you get the idea, right? Um, sometimes actually there's a, something that comes up that uh, is perhaps a little bit unique to this practice and that is that um, in terms of sexual appropriateness um, sometimes people would interpret the pausing in the moment cultivating mindfulness and speaking the truth as being like saying everything on their mind and maybe what's on their mind is that, oh, I find you attractive and this kind of thing. That's actually not appropriate. That's a um, creating an object out of the other person and burdening them with your objectification of them. Do you see how that burdens the other person? So that's your deal. If you're experiencing that, some sexual attraction or something like that, just recognize that and don't speak it, okay? And you can notice the tension that's associated with desire. This is a wholesome thing to notice it. Notice how it feels in the body. Meet it with kindness and just relax. Just let it fade. If it doesn't fade, just remain aware of it and uh, meet it, continue to meet it with kindness, and it's the next moment. But it's not to be uh, um, unburdening yourself by burdening your meditation partner. Okay? Good. So, um, it's such a small group, I don't think we need to do anything really formal uh, in terms of making it easier for you, for example, to uh, find a partner. But what we will do is, um, in just a moment, I'll invite everybody to stand up, kind of mill about, and, and you might want to be, uh, find a, a, a someone to practice with whom you do not know, mm-hmm. because it actually is easier practice, because it means you have less constructs about them, right? And they have less, fewer constructs about you. Yeah. And um, then find your, get your seats and so on. Decide who's going to speak first, okay? And uh, also do a little bit of, uh, just make sure your body's comfortable to sit back down again. Okay? Okay, great. Okay, so um, 
If you want to just uh, settle into your cushions. And just to remind you, if you've decided on a um, first speaker, first listener. Now that we're moving into the Insight Dialogue practice, let's just, um, again, notice this transition as you move into your mindfulness, you might say, hmm, what am I aware of right now? Not trying to push the mind to be aware of anything in particular, just noticing what is being noticed right now. All the sounds from the city still coming in through the windows. Perhaps the body sitting What's the body like right now? What's the posture? What's the posture of the body? What about the mind states? What, what, what's the feeling tone of this moment, the mood? Is the mind agitated? Is it calm? Just the felt sense of the moment. The body is sitting. There's hearing. And it's like this right now, just like this. And you're aware of it. There's mindfulness here. What's it like to be mindful? To be remembering, remembering awareness. What's it like? Just exactly this quality of mindfulness. It's not distant, it's right here. It feels this texture, this touch. It's just like this. And even if thoughts come in just because of the habits of the mind, that's fine, they're just known, known by mindfulness as well. Or if the mind is simple and clear, that's just known. However, it's just like this. The body is sitting, there's hearing, there's this sense of the moment, of remembering. Let yourself be intimate with it. What's it like to be mindful? And it's exactly this quality of mindfulness, of remembering, of clarity, of simplicity, simplicity of awareness. It's exactly this that allows us to see things as they actually are, as the mind becomes more concentrated. But it's exactly this quality, this simplicity, this mindfulness, that is sometimes very difficult to remember, to sustain, when we enter into contact with another person. So we establish it now. 
in the simplicity of internal, personal practice. That's why I'm suggesting to really notice what it's like. The texture, the detail of sati, of remembering, of mindfulness. This is what's remembered. When meditation is strengthened, this is what's remembered. And an inside dialogue where we meditate together, the meditation instruction that points to this remembering is pause. Pause. Perhaps sometimes the pause actually happens in time where we stop. Remember and continue speaking. Or we pause before we speak. What's to be said? What's true now? Or even when we finish speaking, we pause again. Where's this moment? Where is it? As we listen, we pause. Does the mind wander off? Does it finish the other person's sentence in the mind? Get lost in judgments or distractions? Pausing is dropping that and coming back to this moment, to remembering, to mindfulness. Pause. While speaking, pause while listening. So, especially as we first begin the practice, let the pause be very, very intentional and let it be a guiding of the mind, a remembering of sati, of mindfulness. See what it's like to find, to dial in, to settle in that remembering, in that clarity of the moment. Pause. So it's offered internally, like, a, like a, any meditation instruction you might offer to yourself when you're sitting in traditional meditation, to come back to the breath, or come back to the sensations, or to hearing. Come back. The body is sitting. And here's the mindfulness right now. Pause. So the first speaker, you're going to be engaging this meditation practice, pausing internally. And the listener, you're also going to be pausing as you listen, brightening the mind, strengthening the mindfulness every time you note internally, pause. And the, um, shall we say, topic that the speaker is invited to um, reflect on is actually nothing other than this moment of sensation. 
particularly bodily sensation. What is noticed in the body? Where it touches internal sensations of the body, how something shifts or changes. But when you begin to speak, how is the quality of the sati, of the remembering, of the mindfulness? Pause. And that's where you notice, that's where mindfulness notices, oh, this is what is, you know, the sensation in the body. Pausing. So when I ring the bell, both the speaker and the listener are invited to open their eyes and engage in the inside dialogue practice. But only the speaker speaks, the listener only listens. But both of you are practicing with the guideline, pause, coming home, remembering, mindfulness. Sensations in the body here and now, this sensitive, sensitive human body. Just noticing the mind right now. And noticing the felt sense of the shift to a new speaker, a new listener. So the instructions remain the same. But now, of course, the person who was just speaking has the gift of just resting in the awareness, continually remembering, coming back to the mindfulness, the sati with the pause while listening. And the person who was listening now has the beautiful, beautiful challenge to bring forth this quality of mindfulness all the way up from the moment of noticing sensation up through speech and into speaking and while speaking and stopping speaking and it's still the moment and there's still mindfulness. Pausing actually work with the meditation instruction very specifically now so that when we introduce more challenging contemplations you've begun to get a sense of um, strengthening the sati, the mindfulness. Pause. This sensitive, sensitive human body so much 
touches from the outside, from the inside, with every thought, with every contact. What is noticed? What is sensed here and now? Pause. Noticing the body-mind right now. And just reflecting on your mindfulness. The body is sitting. What's it like? So we're going to remove the form of taking turns, and so now practice is interactive. Whoever speaks, speaks. Whoever listens, listens. So the sense of maintaining the quality of mindfulness. calls forth a maybe a stronger commitment now. And also the fact that you're still reflecting on sensations as they rise moment to moment and yet the moment of interpersonal contact is now interactive. So each moment of seeing another person, hearing another person, does it bring up sensation in the body? Maybe, maybe not. See for yourself or just the fact of sitting here. What's the felt sense in the body? Changing moment by moment. Rising and vanishing all the time. As you speak, as you listen, giving priority to cultivating this sense of pause, mindfulness, remembering, here and now. This shared human experience of the sensitive body-mind and sati, mindfulness. What's the experience just now?
noticing the body-mind just this moment. Any activation of the mind, excitement in the body. Just however things actually are right now. So for the last contemplation with uh, exploring pause tonight, I'd like to give you a chance to, um, you might say, test it a bit, exercise it a bit with a contemplation that's a little more uh, that draws the mind, you might say and really challenges you to pause with strong intentionality to establish and reestablish the mindfulness as you speak and as you listen. And there were throughout the discourses, quite a number of times the Buddha spoke about a sense of urgency on this, shall we say, spiritual path or in this life, this life dedicated to awakening. And I'm asking you now, What is this sense of urgency in you? How is it felt this moment when you pause? What really matters? What calls forth diligence, a consistency of attention and care. Care with kindness, care with energy, care with strength, care with love, care with truth. What brings that forth? What's it feel like? Where does it flag? But really, where is it alive? Is death real for you? Is the extent to which we fall into ignorance real for you? Is the sense of potential of the awake mind, the compassionate mind, the clear mind real for you? What are we doing here anyway? Urgency. 
sense of aliveness of this path now. So, the challenge is to remember the pause. So you could speak about urgency from the mind or you could have an emotional outburst about urgency. But where's the sati? Where's the mindfulness? As you speak, as your partner speaks and is saying something perhaps quite poignant, does your mind fall in? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Pause. In your listening, remember this moment. This moment, the body is sitting, there's awareness, and you're really here. Pause. Take your time. A few moments of truth is so much more powerful than all the moments of habit, even well-intentioned habit. Let it be a practice of awakening as you touch this contemplation on the sense of urgency in the path, this moment. No speaker or listener taking turns, just this moment together. But giving priority, even more important than the topic, giving priority to the pause. You might even experiment. What's it like to stop in the middle of a sentence? To touch the moment, the full texture of the moment. Your partner will not only understand, your partner will appreciate it because it wakes her up too. Pause. Remembering. So we'll take just a few more minutes with this contemplation. But I want to remind you to take the opportunity now as we enter this retreat to really be curious what's it like to touch this with a real commitment to the ongoing development of the sati and samadhi, of the mindfulness and concentration. So even when the meditation contemplation, the topic, is very strong, to keep coming back, pause, pause, touching the moment, and then let the power of that lead you to a deeper understanding of this Dhamma, 
of this chanda, this sense of real heartful commitment. to this path of release. And if you find yourself, um, let's say, mostly talking or listening with your eyes closed, you might invite the wakefulness that comes, even if it's challenging, to meet the challenge. Let the eyes open and let the mindfulness of the other strengthen your mindfulness rather than just push you away. Say, wow, someone awake is there. I'm awake. What's this awakeness together? What is this to meditate together, to touch this instant? And then perhaps this contemplation, this sense of urgency gains a, an aliveness, a reality. Pause. Let your practice support you and let your meditation partner's practice support you as well. And feel how your practice supports them. A few more minutes. Pause. This very moment. Remembering. So just in closing, I'd like to offer us a little reflection. Just as you sit now, perhaps with your eyes closed, you might check, how's the mindfulness right now? And notice the capacity to turn and look at the quality of awareness. That's what you're doing. Is there mindfulness right now? And then it's just there, right? You don't have to do anything. It's just right here. And now, just reflecting on this practice of meditation with another person for a moment, as you look internally, do you have any sense of knowing this person a little bit? Just from hearing their voice, from what little bit they've said. And you might take a moment just now, open your eyes, actually look at this person and say, hmm, do I know you a little bit? You know, just sort of notice that. Right? What's that like? What's the mind doing that it knows this other person, even a little bit? What is that? What remarkable sensitivity makes that possible? And notice how there's something living in you of them. And this is inherent 
in the structure of your brain, your body, evolution, millions of years of evolution, makes this sensitivity, this knowing, natural. And it's the basis of the power of meditating together. So you might offer your gratitude to your meditation partner now. You couldn't do this without them. And then we'll join together in the circle. Thank you for your practice. We have just a few more minutes uh, in our evening tonight. So we'd like to take the time just to see what you've noticed so far, if anything, about practice, about meditating together, about insight dialogue, about urgency, about your experience this moment. What's been noticed? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And it raises, did everyone hear that? Could everyone hear that? So it raises an interesting question. Say two more. That's an interesting, them just right now keying in on that last thing. What was your name again? Jennifer. That Jennifer said, the, whether we know one another or not. So, you know, I mean, we share genetic uh, maps almost exactly. The differences are trivial. In fact, we share genetics with all the other animals, too. It's like 99% of our genes are the same as with most of these other creatures. But when it comes to other humans, the, the differences are tiny. And so we know what it's like to look out from a pair of eyes to have a body that touches, to be moved by someone else's sadness 
we know what it's like to be angry, to be hurt, to be greedy. So how, how could we not know each other, really? But the other thing I want to say is if we're so sensitive to each other, as I agree with you, you know, it's, I think it's really lovely that you've seen that right away, how your practice can be affected by another. And you surmise that it would be effect, you would be affected if you were with a negative person. And we are all the time, right? I mean, this is us in life. But if everything of our experience is so completely dependent upon outer circumstances, if you pardon my French, we're screwed, right? So face it, I mean, there's a lot of anger, negativity, selfishness, and just the momentum of pain and hurts and loneliness and confusion in the world. And when we encounter it, if we're subject to that, if we are thrown by that, you know, where's, where, where is our practice ever going to land? And that's the norm. So if we learn to pause and establish the mindfulness internally. And then we can establish mindfulness with another externally. And then we can cultivate a quality of mindfulness that's encompassing of this relational fact of our lives with stability. It's a whole different ballgame. One of the big challenges of traditional meditation is that we gain the strength of the internal mindfulness, but the moving it into the world is not practiced. It's latent. It's, it's a possibility, right? But it's not practiced. Here, when you practice it, when we practice it, it's going to be tenuous at first. It's going to feel like my mindfulness is really dependent upon yours or somehow it's unstable if yours is unstable and it will feel that way that will be how the you know the the practice might go for you but if you keep practicing and you practice some one moment you're with someone who's really stable and strong like you had the gift of being just now another moment you practice with someone frankly who's off the handle who maybe goes home tonight gets drunk and comes back in here to practice with you tomorrow you could hit the jackpot, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but what are you going to do? No, seriously, what are you going to do then? No. You can complain all you want internally, but it just, co- well, no. You're, go- you're going to either pause and discover what mindfulness is, even as this is going on in front of you, little, little Medusa land going on here. You're going to either pause and meet that, or you're going to fall in. Mm -hmm. If you fall in, welcome to life as usual. If you don't fall in, welcome to a new possibility. Right? But you also named something else. Really good. You can smile. I'm saying a good thing about you to the extent that your happiness is dependent upon what I say. 
get what I'm saying? Okay. Point is this. When you do meet someone in practice and they reciprocate with mindfulness and stability, then you have an entirely different situation. Right? Because now it's like a candle in a house of mirrors. It's just reflecting that light back and forth, back and forth. And it can become very bright and very stable as the mutual reminding is happening. And in retreat, you know, when you've been practicing and settling, even for a couple of days, let alone a week, it can just slice right through the, the delusion. So that's a quite a interesting. You might, you know, over the next couple of days of practice, you might for yourself watch what uh, unfolds as your own uh, quality of practice settles, and then as the people that you meet begin to settle, what that, what kind of uh, potential for insight might arise. Any other observations or yeah? You did the work. Yeah. 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 I have never done things that done. And I was okay with it up to the point when you said urgency. things that 
Thank you very much. It's a wonderful reflection. It sounds like the uh, uh, there was a, some sense of uh, when the urgency was introduced, there was a sense of what tranquility that you were feeling. So that the urgency didn't find a way to. It rocked against it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was why is this, you know, this question? Uh-huh. Again, don't leave your intelligence at the door. Oh my God! Yeah. Why is what's the you know, why is this? Or I take one from a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but now I do this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't. Doesn't sound disrespectful. No, it just sounds. No, no, no. I hear you. Yeah, thank you. 
that come up for me while listening to you is that the pause remembers. I once was at a place where they had that written on their doorknob. The pause that remembers. It's, ah, it's so supportive. Yeah. Remembers this being here. Yeah, like what's happening now? That question. Just being aware of the time, but also being aware of perhaps there's something that you might want to share. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 
I can relate to that. Um, English is not my first language. And I just noticed I was feeling this word and I wasn't translating it into Dutch, which I sometimes do with a word that is like, oh, I don't really feel it completely. Mm-hmm. And then just this practice to be able to voice that and with someone who is really there for you listening, to listen. And just to see how these, um, all these constructs come up from us. Hmm. What do I think about this? Um, do I, do I, does this crack make sense? I'm in the now, there's no urgency. So to just also, in this practice, you're so invited to, to see that whole process unfolding and perhaps share it with your partner as you see fit. Because your partner might have the same experience. I'm aware of going like this, so I should put this up a little more. So you were going to say? Yeah. So uh, since it came up a few times, I'll just share a word about these contemplations. Um, There's several elements that are working together in inside dialogue practice. One of them is very simply and directly the meditative qualities of the mind. So we're cultivating mindfulness, concentration, investigation, equanimity, energy, you know, the whole works. So by in and of themselves, those qualities when cultivated and strong will conduce to insight, right? Another thing that we're introducing here is the Dhamma, or shall we say the wisdom element, something to guide the mind to say, what's the nature of experience now? Let's look at it this way. And the guiding Dhamma is the Buddha Dhamma, is the teachings that the Buddha offered as experienceable here and now. So throughout the discourses, you see this sense of urgency that's offered. It was offered here. Now, you may or may not feel yourself headed towards death. You may or may not feel any sense of um, aging or disease. You may or may not feel uh, any of that, uh, any of those qualities of uh, um, that 
mm, sense of um, that which brings the complete spark of the moment into clarity and aliveness that the Buddha was naming. But other, exp- other contemplations like aging or death may have sparked that for you. Or contemplations on impermanence or contemplations on loving kindness or compassion may spark that for you. But that's, it's all going to work different ways for different people at different times. The fact is that the wisdom element or the guiding element of the Dhamma moves us, can move us if we allow it to, to some place where the mind would not normally go. Right? Maybe our mind doesn't go that way. Maybe urgency is not a word in for you, but maybe if you put it right in front of you, right. it'll show you something. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the third element is the relationality itself. Just the strength of the moment that happens here in the between and the, str- the way that that gathers up increases the mindfulness, the concentration, that deepens the sense of inquiry into death or into joy or into love or into urgency. And when all of these elements come together, the meditative qualities, the Dhamma, the wisdom, and the relationality, then you have quite a powerful brew. So that's what we're exploring the next couple of days. And... um, so I'm, I'm encouraging you as you go home tonight to guard your practice. You know, do it in a way as you see fit. And um, I'd like to invite just a real simplicity of practice now, just feeling the body sitting. And letting the awareness infuse the body. Perhaps a sense of gratitude for your practice tonight. And a sense, perhaps, of graciousness and kindness towards yourself. In this very life, with all of its challenges, the constant endeavor to be kind to yourself, to offer yourself good teachings, even to put yourself to bed at night, to take care of your body and feed yourself. What a great kindness. The sense is, may I be at peace. May I be happy. May this body be comfortable and strong. May this mind be clear, bright, just filled with love, filled with joy. And may I be at peace. Deep in this heart, throughout this body, may I be at peace. Just feeling that sense of awareness that fills and saturates every cell of the body.
expand and extend to everyone here. Just filling the room with loving kindness. May everyone here, just like me, be free from all suffering. May they be surrounded, infused with this kindness. May they be at peace. All beings in this city, those experiencing joy and those experiencing sorrow, may they all find ease. May they all be at peace. And all beings in the universe, without exception, from the highest to the lowest, boundlessly in all directions, May they be at ease, may they be free, may they be at peace. And humbly, I accept the loving kindness of every being and creature in return. And I share the benefits of this meditation with everyone. May all beings be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy. May there be peace. May there be peace. May there be peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.